0: Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on a Saturday afternoon in the great state of Texas. So we're a week away, really from the July 4th weekend. We're also about seven, eight days away from the end of the fiscal year for Texas Values. Texas Values is a nonprofit organization, a 501c3 organization. We work on educating you and advocating on the issues of faith, family, and freedom. We've got court cases that we're involved in when we do that. We also educate you about the legislative process. We do analysis and research on legislation. Elected officials ask us uh, for advice. On these things when they're drafting legislation. We make recommendations. We have this show on a weekly basis where we let you know what's happening in the areas of religious liberty, marriage and family, pro-life throughout our state, even locally. And we talk sometimes about things that are happening nationally that could or may not impact Texas, but certainly are things that Texans care about. But the majority of our work is focused on what happens within our state itself. And there's a lot of talk about what's going to happen in the special session for the Texas legislature. And I'm going to have Senator Lois Kohlkhorst as our guest in just a few minutes to talk a little bit about that. You'll remember she authored the Texas Privacy Act, Senate Bill 6, during the regular session. We'll get into more detail when she joins the show. But I say that it's the end of the fiscal year for Texas Values because our budget goes from July 1st to June 30th. And so on June 30th, we have to have enough money raised to cover the expenses that we incurred throughout the year. That includes work we did on a court case to protect the religious beliefs and rights of a woman who is an employee at a public school in Colleen ISD. Colleen is a military community primarily, and it's north of Austin. It's, uh, I think, close to about 20, 30 minutes west of Belton Temple. So if you want an investment in a group that has a comprehensive ability to be a voice and an effective voice, on the issues of faith, family, and freedom, you need to invest in Texas values. Go to txvalues.org. Make a tax-deductible donation today. Our fiscal year ends at the end of June. That's why this is so important. That's why it's so timely. Chip in whatever you can—ten dollars, a hundred dollars. A thousand, five thousand. Our budget annually is seven hundred and twenty five thousand. So it's pretty big in the grand scheme of things. We have five full time employees. We've got a hundred thousand dollars left to raise. Make a tax deductible donation today. It is a great investment that you'll see a return on, and many people have. A big part of our work really is not court cases, even though we're there are two this past year that we've been a part of. And one, we're expecting a decision from the Texas Supreme Court. So we have a law that says when it comes to use of tax dollars for insurance benefits. That can only be for couples that are a man and a woman. Now, the Supreme Court has ruled on the issue of marriage and said that states cannot enforce laws that say marriage is just between a man and a woman in terms of getting a marriage license. That's one thing. The U.S. Supreme Court did not say that we're required to use our tax dollars to subsidize same-sex marriages with insurance benefits. We have a law that says you're not allowed to do that. So the mayor of Houston, three or so years ago, decided to do this. Marenice Parker, the same one that subpoenaed the sermons of pastors, she decided to, on her own decision, start using tax dollars to subsidize and to support insurance benefits for couples of the same sex that were married from another state. Because at that time, those uh, marriages applications for same sex were not recognized in Texas. So the Supreme Court has forced us to change that issue, but they did not say that you could use tax dollars to pay for same-sex benefits. And when this decision was made by the mayor of the Houston and Parker, the Supreme Court had not even ruled on that issue as far as a marriage application. We're talking about, I think, in 2013 this started. We won this case. We So we sued the mayor of Houston on behalf of taxpayers in Houston, and we won at the trial level because nobody else would bring this case. I mean, this issue's been around for a while. She, mayor and East Parker's not the first one to do this type of thing, to use tax dollars this way. but So we filed a lawsuit. Nobody else would. We realized that, you know, this issue's gone on too long and something need to be done. So we filed a lawsuit, one at the trial level, but then the appellate court reversed the decision after the US Supreme Court ruling came down on the issue of same sex marriage applications and licenses. But that case once again had nothing to do with that. Nor did any of the other federal court cases on the issue of someone's so called right to get a marriage license of the same sex. So we took our case to the US to the Texas Supreme Court. And we actually got an oral argument. Uh, Initially, the court said, we're not going to hear it. And then the governor, the lieutenant governor, and the attorney general of our state wrote a brief essentially supporting our case in the position that the court should hear this case and that there was arguably reasons why um, it had not been handled accurately so far. This Friday, coming Friday, is the last Friday for them to issue opinions in June. And that's what the Texas Supreme Court has been doing lately, is issuing all their opinions before the end of June and on a Friday. So we're going to know then. We've been working on this case for over three years. These court cases get very expensive. Um, the level of work that's necessary to prepare and then argue with the Texas Supreme Court like we did in March earlier this year, um, not be overstated. a lot of expense going into it. So we need your financial help to support the efforts that we already did. And what happened in those situations, we weren't like, well, let's wait and see if money comes in and we'll take these cases. When that issue happened with that Charlie Brown Christmas poster was towards the end of the year, we we're about to really start focusing our efforts on fundraising for the end of the year because that's part of what we have to do to balance our books and to keep our doors open. We have to go out and raise money. And a lot of times we'll do it in time periods where the heart of our work is not as busy. Well, when that case came up, we had to get involved. We had no choice. This woman needed representation, and no one else was able to step up. So we had to set aside some of our normal time period and efforts to, to get in touch with people so they could support us financially. We used that to represent and successfully defend someone's religious liberty rights. Same thing with this case at the Texas Supreme Court. You know, We just had to, to go when we had to go. But my point to you is that's what we do. When the need is there and it's clear that we have a strong case to make and an issue needs to be dealt with, we will, we'll make that commitment. So now we need you to back us up and make that commitment financially to the work we do. Go to txvalues.org to make a donation. Senator Lois Colecourse is going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. And let me tell you a little bit about Senator Colecourse before I welcome her. Senator Colecourse is a fifth-generation Texan, as she likes to say, with ancestral roots. All the way back to the Texas War of Independence. She's a native of Brenham, great city that I love driving through between Houston and Austin when I travel. She's a graduate of TCU where she played collegiate golf. She served for many years in the Texas House and then won a special election to the Texas Senate. Recently, she is the chair of Senate Committee on Administration She's also a proud wife and a mother and a very strong Christian, and I am happy and excited to welcome to the Texas Values Report, Senator Colcourse. Welcome, Senator Colcourse.
1: Hi, Jonathan. Good morning. Thanks for letting me be on, and uh, thank you for that nice introduction of all those things. I'm most proud of being uh, uh, certainly uh, a servant of the Lord and, and a mom and a wife. Uh, it's so good to be home from session and to be with the family and I want to thank you and all of uh, the great people for all their work this session in supporting our efforts.
0: Well, uh, those are kind words. You know, look, the work we do at Texas Values is about faith family and freedom. And it is always good to spend time with our family. You're a mother, you're a wife. These are roles that we have that are incredibly important to us. But they're not only just important, a lot of times they're the basis for the inspiration to do the work and to serve, you know, and also as a Christian as well. And so I'm very thankful that you've got a great support network around you. And I think that's a big part of why you're able to stay focused on the important work you're doing. Let's talk a little bit about that work. When you joined us last, it was towards the end of the legislative session and a lot of interesting things going on. And we're trying to figure out what was going to happen with the Texas Privacy Act. You've been involved in a lot of important work this session. There's no doubt. But one of the things that's gotten the most attention and that we have been a part of your life with as well is the Texas Privacy Act, Senate Bill Six. So what we know now, as you alluded to, is the legislative sessions ended. We've all been able to take a deep breath for a minute, for a minute or so, go back home to our districts, go back home to our families, go back to the the normal pace of life. Um, but what happened was you fought valiantly, you did your job, the Senate Bill six, the Texas Privacy Act, which makes it clear that boys and men biologically are not allowed to go into bathrooms with women and they're they're not supposed to be at the local level policies that allow that to happen, even though there can be accommodations made in private bathrooms on those issues because of privacy concerns that continue to grow in these areas. You did your job. The bill was passed in the Senate. You even stayed open to efforts of getting this done towards the end, but House leadership shut that effort down. Session ends. Now the governor has called us back to special session, which is going to start July 18th. And one of those things on the call, if you will, the list of items that the governor believes should get done is addressing the privacy issue. So tell us a little bit about what your feelings were about the session ending without SB 6 getting passed, but now the new opportunity to get something done in the special.
1: Yeah, Jonathan. uh, So uh, I, I have to tell you that it was a very difficult session in that You know, we we laid this bill out about privacy and about making sure that the rights of all students and people were protected. And then, you know, it was by, I think, the secular left turned into a transgender bill. And uh, you know, it was really frustrating that all of the messages were muffled about what was really important about that bill. Coming home now, I have great clarity. I have more passion for this. Even I, I have a great passion for it. But now it's it's time to get this solved and to make sure that we're protecting our children in the in, in our school districts, and we're making sure that when we go to a shower or women. Uh, women's restroom that someone's not in there that shouldn't be in there. And so um, looking back, we were close to getting something passed. Uh, the Senate passed Senate Bill 6. 6- and, and then it was never referred in the House of Representatives. Never referred.
0: Second, we're talking with Senator Lois Kolkhorst, Texas senator, author of the Texas Privacy Act. So SB6 passes the Senate and then was never even referred to a House committee? I mean, there were bills yes. filed that dealt yes. with, you know, the, the use of the right emoji when you reference the state of Texas. And your bill... That was a priority bill for the Senate. Bipartisan support that it was passed wasn't even referred to a House committee. No, the bill was
1: never referred. And I would say that, uh, Jonathan, I suffered great punishment on my other bills. On May the 15th, I was not even referred to a House committee. So it it was a great gesture from House leadership that we're not only happy with Senate Bill 6, but we're not happy with you and we're not going to refer your bills. And so then at the very end, they flushed all of my bill to House committees, which many of them died uh, because they couldn't even get referred. But uh, Senate Bill 6 was never even referred. So I'm I'm proud to have played the role that I did to bring this issue to the forefront. I want to thank Ron Simmons, the House member who filed uh, House Bill 2899, of which he and I are going to have some version between Senate Bill 6 and 2899. Uh, as we go into the special session i think that uh, the house member house bill 2899 had what 80 plus sponsors by the end uh, some of those folks actually signed on the bill after the bill was dead but at least they say that they're supportive of the idea so i think we have great momentum to give something of certainty on a privacy issue that is really important for the school children of texas and uh for all of us men and women as it comes to those intimate sets that we find ourselves in
0: no that's absolutely true and you know look throughout this time period we've seen a lot of things happen during the session we had a new president sworn into office all right so you had the official change of power there and a lot of the concern and the reason for needing something at the state level was because we had the federal government when obama was in office with this letter trying to force our public schools to allow boys and girls bathrooms and shower rooms and locker rooms or lose federal funding. So that, you know, that wasn't all of it, but that was part of the motivation and concern. But during the legislative session, the Trump administration rescinded that letter and said that letter is no longer recognized. Still, we have school districts relying on it, though. Coppell, Independent School District in Dallas-Fort Worth, is still saying that that's one of the reasons why they have to allow boys and girls' bathrooms, even though that's not the current status of the law, and a federal judge has struck that down, and that letter's been withdrawn. But we saw some of those things happen during that time period. Also during the time period, we saw more and more incidents happening in our state, where biological men were going into women's bathrooms and showers or locker rooms and violating the privacy of women. We saw a number of those incidents, unfortunately, happening and finally being reported. And we saw issues like in Dripping Springs where the local school board would not even allow the parents to have this issue on the agenda item when they allowed boys into girls' bathrooms and charging our organization, trying to, over $200,000 just to turn over documents, letting people know why they were doing that as a result of a Public Information Act request. So a lack of transparency from local government, a lack of willingness to follow stated law on these issues continues to leave the state in a position of saying, we've got to have something consistent at the state level or people are going to get hurt and the people's voice is not going to be honored. All right.
1: Absolutely. And, and, and I, I have to say that, Jonathan, when we look at this issue, uh, the Attorney General Jeff Sessions said this is a state issue and the state should address it in a manner that they see fit. Not only are the examples that they're giving, there was a uh, recent incident in Target again of a woman being voyeurized in, in a dressing room in Target in Montgomery County, and that was just up in the last couple of weeks. So that continues to happen. But here's the other thing. We see now across this great state and and in the nation, people that internalize a different gender, a boy that might internalize that he's now a girl wanting to compete in our athletics and changing things for women's athletics for forever. And you know that I was a college athlete and I'm extremely passionate about women's for women's Title IX and all of the opportunities that Title IX has afforded women since 1972, and this is an all-out attack and assault on women's rights in that regard. I so think no, I, I, think I think you make a great point.
0: I think you make a great point. We're talking. We're talking with Senator Lois Kolkhorst, Texas Senator, the author of the Texas Privacy Act. I want to make a couple of points on these issues, just technical, that yeah, throughout the legislative process, we see more and more members, I think, come on board and be supportive of your bill, of the issue, who frankly, maybe they just didn't know a lot about it. OK, we'll give them some benefit of the doubt. So five, six months later, more members know about it. More members are vote- motivated about it. They realize that it's an issue people care about it, that uh, people care about. So now we're going to the special session. And now we've got a strong voice from you. And we've always had. But I mean, this is a issue that a lot of women care about. And I think you're going to see continued uh, people to dismiss the fact that you have a woman who's been in athletics, who understands the issue. They don't want to talk about that because that complicates the narrative. But that is an important part of the reason why you're carrying the issue, the bill, and why you care about it yourself. But if you'll also mention, you know, if we know when bills can be filed, I mean, it's a little, there's some gray area about how this works in a special session. But is it, I, I'm not sure if it's when the session starts in July 18th or if, or if you can see members start filing bills actually before before y'all actually go into special session. You
1: can file a bill 30 days before a special session, but the proclamation has not been issued. So we don't technically know when that proclamation is coming. And in a special session, Jonathan, the governor controls the issue completely, and a bill can only be passed if it is on, the proclamation. So we will be waiting. We will be waiting to see when that proclamation comes out and what issues uh, that we have to address on that. Hopefully all all of the issues that the the governor has listed as his 20 priorities will be on that issue uh, docket.
0: No, I got you. That's clear. So let's finish up here because I know your time is limited. I'm a father of a seven-year-old daughter. This issue matters to me personally as well as it matters to me because I see where it is as a policy issue, as a legal issue. But it is something that also touches my personal life when I go somewhere and, and my daughter has to go in the bathroom by herself or I have to think about some of these things. A lot of people care about this issue, but women care about this issue. Talk to us a little bit about why you think this issue matters to women, particularly why it matters Matters to you and why you were starting to get into this, why it, uh, it, it should matter in the athletic context as well.
1: Oh, Jonathan, as as I've gone on this journey, and before I, I got on a phone call with you today, I was on the phone with a local mayor in my district who just did not understand why I was doing this bill. And I spent 45 minutes just with my passion about it. And afterwards, he goes, everyone needs to see this and understand this. Very quickly, let me say why this matters to all of us, okay? First of all, you can start in intimate settings, okay? In intimate settings, you should not feel threatened in any way. And while I said that, some of the secular left has made it a transgender issue. What what this really is is about privacy and that people would take advantage of a situation to say, hey, I internalize that I'm a female today. I can go into the women's restroom. I can go into the dressing room at uh, public swim school and watch girls uh, get dressed going swimming. That is completely unacceptable. So that's one issue. But the other issue is, as well, is that you look at, from a, a standpoint of competing in athletics, Connecticut just this spring, a young man decided that he was a female, and he won the 100 meter and the 200 meter dash in Connecticut. And it was written about that his quote was, "Well, I knew I was going to win." He won the state championship as a male in the female in the female uh, 100 meter and 200 meter dash. If we don't do something soon, we will have no women's athletics. And I liken it to this. Right now we're in, in the summer with Little League All-Stars. Well, what's to keep someone from saying, I'm 14 years old, but I internalize that I'm 12 years old, so I want to play on the 12-year-old All-Star team. There's no difference. Everyone would say, well, that's ridiculous. You can't do that. No, there's no difference than what we're seeing as a boy Saying I'm a girl now and I'm going to compete in girls' athletics. That is not fair. And so um, I come at it from a mother's side of making sure that there's privacy and innocence of our children that are protected in those intimate settings. And I also come at it from a, a, an issue of uh, every advance that we have made in athletics and, and women's rights of, of having the ability to compete. Uh, as as a as a female athlete and making sure that, that that is not compromised in
0: the future. Look, those are great points. I mean and and I encourage you to continue to communicate those issues, your personal experience with it, and I can imagine what it was like uh you know a few years back when you played collegiate golf and to see the advances that have been made, policy matters. You know that A lot of other people need to understand when it comes to these issues, we have to have a consistent policy, and we know this in sports – Everyone's got to play by the same type of rules, and it's no different in life. And so I really appreciate the way you've been able to communicate that and help people understand there are real world realities that these issues lead to. It's about the showers, the locker rooms, and the intimate facilities. And if we don't get a handle on it, it's going to affect a whole lot of other areas of our life too if we're not able to put something in place.
1: It's going to compromise everything that w- our value system. Uh, and Facebook says there's 54 genders. Can you imagine 54 genders? Well, what's going to, it, it, we're, we're headed in a direction that is not of, of, of law and order in many ways. And, and when I say that is, I know there's complications in life, and that, that is not what we're trying to address. We're trying to say in intimate settings where you're most vulnerable, there should be a privacy aspect that we can protect.
0: That's right. The
1: other side is that we can also say that there are rules, that there are reasons that you have age categories for athletic competition. There's age categories for uh, uh, UIL competition and debate and different things like that. We need to protect that as much as we do the gender issue of girls' sport and, and celebrate what we have there and not in any way compromise that and say that somebody internalizes all of a sudden that they're a female so they could be a state champion and be a boy, can beat a girl, and attract me. That is not acceptable.
0: No, you're absolutely right. And, and so as we recap or as we close here, make sure everyone knows primarily the legislation is about what happens in public schools, what happens in government buildings, none of the legislation that, whether you saw it in the House or Senate version, has anything to do with what private businesses decide to do. Now, they need to also be aware of, I think, the negative ramifications of their own policy-like target. But the government certainly has a duty to have a consistent policy on its own property the areas where it's responsible for looking out for the privacy so government buildings and public schools are within the authority and with the expectation of where people would be that the government's going to have some responsibility and i think that's why it makes a lot of sense and even in that setting there are accommodations and there are exceptions to make sure that some of those small amount of cases are addressed in a thoughtful way so Senator
1: Colcourse. Th- and let me say that, Jonathan. Absolutely. You know, we have to be compassionate about si- situations. And I, I've met with transgender parents, and I understand. Uh, I understand their issues, and we have to be sensitive. So we have to make accommodations. But that doesn't mean that the 99.7% everyone else has to be compromised. That's well. right.
0: The exception should not be the rule. So where Senator Colcourse, thank you so much for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. We are grateful for the work that you do, for the courage you have, the leadership, and also your friendship. We wish you the best, and we look forward to interacting with you when the special session starts on July 18th. Kate
1: White, Jonathan. God bless.
0: God bless you, Senator Cole Course, That's great. Great conversation there. You heard it from her. You're going to, you know, the bills can already start being filed 30 days before the session. We're 30 days before. And you're going to see, I think, a lot of these issues, while this cooled off a little bit, as we get closer to the special, the media is going to ramp it up again. You're going to see more talk about this issue, a lot of misleading information. The heart of a mother, you heard. The heart of a former athlete, a female athlete. Her concerns are real, and they should be taken note of. So that's just about all the time we have today on the Texas Values Report. Well, you don't want to miss any week of the Texas Values Report. You're going to hear great guests like Senator Kohlkos and others. The way we're able to do that is by having the financial support for our 501c3 nonprofit organization, Texas Values. Go to txvalues.org today and make a tax-deductible donation before the end of our fiscal year deadline of June 30th. That's txvalues.org, where you can donate today for faith family and freedom in Texas.